Welcome back to If It Had Not Been Podcast. This is your host, Miss Olivia Wright. This is a faith-based podcast here to encourage and edify the body of Christ. And for those who are not a part of the body of Christ and not men or women of the faith, you are in the right place because this is where you will hear about why. <laughs> why? God is real, who God is, and the love that he has for all of us here on this earth. This podcast is inspired by the scripture of Psalm 124.1. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side. This is a psalm of King David, God's king of his people, and he's remembering God's deliverance. He's recalling the times that God has delivered him, his people, right? From the enemy. He's remembering God's mercy on his life, God's goodness towards him, God's blessing, his healing power in his grace. He is remembering and reverencing the almighty God. If it had not been the Lord who was on my side, where would I be? I have what my late pastor would say, a trophy case. I faced many giants in my walk. I faced many giants in my walk. And God has brought me through. Not me, but God. Revelation 12, 11, And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. I love this scripture because when it says overcome him, they're talking about the enemy. They're talking about the opposition, right? Because we have that here. <laughs> As men and women of the faith, we have opposition. Jesus said, the world first hated me, so it will hate you. He said he was sending us out amongst wolves. Amen. But we overcome by the blood of the lamb, him, his blood, his sinless blood. The sacrifice that he made on the cross. And by the word of their testimony, my testimony, your testimony, when we talk about God's deliverance, his mercy, his goodness, his love, his healing, his blessings, his grace towards us, our experience, our personal encounters, we overcome. We are not to be quiet about it. We are to share it. Why? Because it will encourage and it will edify your brothers and sisters of the faith. This is so important. A lot of times we don't want to share certain things and that's okay. Um, I believe that when it's time for you to share it, God will prepare your heart for it. He will align um, situations, peoples, whatever it is appropriately for it all to take place. We just put our trust in the Lord. Amen. But we do want as men and women of faith, to be able to share a testimony. Amen. And so that is so important. Um, it don't have to be a life story. <laughs> I didn't say that. I said testimonies and they could be about something God did for you. Amen. Don't be silent about what God has done for you. So this podcast is inspired again by Psalm 124, one revelation, 12, 11. Please take time to read that meditate on that and own it. Today's topic giants. Giants do die. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. 
giants do die. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. I'm not sure who sings that song. That is a gospel song. And this is real. We face giants. Now, what do I mean by giants? I mean situations or circumstances that our earthly resources are unable to resolve. I am unable to solve for within my own limited human capacity. This situation requires supernatural intervention. I don't have the money. I don't have the resources. I don't have the people. I ain't got nothing. I have come to the end of myself. My back is against the wall. I'm sliding down the wall with the ugly face right now. Tears flowing down my face. Hurt, pain, all of that disappointment. It's all loaded in this, but I'm facing a situation. My best friend can't take care of. My parents can't take care of. My children can't help me with. Nobody. Not my pastor. Amen. Let's talk about it. Giants. These are situations or circumstances that are beyond your control. They just, it just, it just come. It can't. Here it is. It's bothering you. You're troubled by it. It's a challenge. Amen. And so it's an impossible situation for me to resolve. No one can help me. It's impossible. That's what I mean by giants. And what we're talking about today, if it had not been the Lord who was on my side, when I had to face these giants, Let's think about the giants that you've had to face. I'm already going on in my mind with some of the giants I've had to face. I'm talking about being outnumbered and everything. You know, wolves running packs. You can face one giant. It can be a giant. It's just, it's one, it's one thing. Um, and I don't want to always say it's people. Um, but you can also be outnumbered. That's That's a giant to me. You ever had a whole group of people just coming for you. And you're just like, what? <laughs> but we know in the scripture, God don't work in numbers. He wants you to be outnumbered. So when you're outnumbered, just know like, okay, God is in this. He want to be sure he gets the glory for this. Uh, because if it was just as much as you as them, uh, then you would take credit for it. Amen. So giants we face. People, places, or things, right? It happens to us in this earthly existence as we're going through life. You know, in the book of James, it starts off with saying, count it all joy, brethren, when you face various trials and temptations. We are to count it all joy. But nonetheless, guess what? When we face them, they're coming. We're going to go through. But in this case, it's a giant is a situation where everybody done scattered. They're like, you're on your own. <laughs> I can't help you. Man has failed you. That's the giant I'm talking about today. Let's go into the word. Amen. Let's go into the word. I like to give examples in the scriptures because a lot of times we may not have this experience yet, or we may not have a lot of people we are able to talk to about certain things. But when we read this word, 
we will find life happening to everyone. And sometimes we think because it took place thousands of years ago, that it's not relevant for today, but it is. And when you're reading that word, the Holy Spirit will provide you that revelation. And this is, this is just some of the revelation that God has given me. And some of this we know, right? So for my Bible scholars, you will just be right on the same page. For those that are coming up, I have scriptures for you to reference and read on. This is real. Amen. This is not just words on a page. This is real life here. And this is God's goodness, deliverance, and mercy. Let's start with Exodus 8, Moses and Pharaoh. Uh, Pharaoh enslaved the Israelites, it's the people of God, God's chosen people for 400 years. So in Moses' case, Moses, at the time he was born, um, they were killing all the Hebrew boys. And so his mother um, had him placed in, in the river. Uh, she didn't want him to be killed. So she hid her baby. She placed him in the river and Pharaoh at the time daughter, um, picked Moses up. And fortunately his mother was able to nurse him for a few years, but then Pharaoh's daughter raised Moses. So Moses, a Hebrew Israelite was raised by Pharaoh's daughter the oppressor of the people of God. So he's being raised by the oppressor and seeing his people being oppressed. And one day he said, you know what? I can't take it no more. He killed an Egyptian, one of Pharaoh's men, one of his security guards, if you will. And then Moses fled to the wilderness um, for about 40 years and God called Moses to go back to Egypt because the people of God cried out to God saying, we have had enough. Um, and I know that wasn't the only time that they prayed, but they were enslaved. And so they cried out to God. God heard their prayer. He heard their cry and he sent Moses to deliver them. Now we can just say, oh yeah, that's not easy. Moses was asked by God, like we are and are called to accomplish something on his behalf. And Moses, who was married and I think had one son at least had to pick up his life that he had going and go back to Egypt where he committed murder and tell this Pharaoh to let God's people go. Now, the reason why I bring this story up is because Pharaoh is the ruler of the land. He's the ruler of Egypt. He is the highest ranking authority in that land. He's got armies. He's got people working for him. He's rich. I mean, he's loaded with resources. And who is Moses? Moses, you know, is has nothing. And when I say that, I'm talking about he had no money. Um, you know, he had no social status or, or anything like that. Um, he was coming with just the rod that God gave him and his brother Aaron. Okay. And so is that enough? Absolutely. But I'm just saying from the world's perspective, right? Again, Moses has God, no money, 
no people, no army, no social status, no, no chariots and none of that. He is his rod, his brother, Aaron and God. And he's going to tell this man who's enslaved the people of God for 400 years to let my people go. Now, if God called you to do that today, would you do it? I didn't hear anything, but I'm in a room by myself. Um, when I think about this situation and I think about what Moses did, I put it in today's time and I look at the giants that I face. They may not be a Pharaoh, but they could be someone who has more um, um, monetary resources, someone who has a, a large social network, someone who's known, someone who has influence, right? All of those types of things. That is an oppressor, right? That is, uh, that is someone that God has me um, called to, um, I would say, defeat. This is real. And we don't, we're not going to go to war, right? It's not, it's not about the physical thing, but could be God is using you to do something just like that. It could be in the workplace. It can be in the marketplace. It can be in your family. Um, but nonetheless, Moses, he went, it couldn't have been easy. It could not have been easy going when you would go into Pharaoh, right? First of all, you probably had to get an appointment. You couldn't just walk in there and be like, let me see him. Probably had to get an appointment. You probably got checked. There probably was like a hundred people in the room with you while you telling Pharaoh to let my people go. I mean, come on, come on, y'all. You got to read the story and realize and see how Moses had to take, he had to walk in faith, but God was with him. And again, this podcast talks about if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, if it had not been for the Lord on the side of Moses, where would he be? Where would the Israelites be? Where would we be today? It's all connected. And so I wanted to bring that up because I feel like that's so important for us to study for those of the faith in these scriptures, the actions that they took and think about the obstacles that they had in their way. Most, excuse me, Moses had a lot of obstacles that he had to face. Let's move on to David and Goliath. And I will go back. I will say this, Moses and Pharaoh, I don't want to leave anybody hanging. <laughs> kind of do, but I don't. I want to tell you that Moses did do what the Lord told him to do. and He trusted God in the process. Everything that God told him to say, he said it. And everything God told him to do, he did it. And I know that wasn't easy because when you're facing a giant, a lot of times you'll be intimidated. You can be afraid things going through your mind. You can feel like you're crazy, right? Just so many things can go through your head, but he trusted God and God had Aaron with him. So he wasn't alone. So think about Moses and his, this, him being called um, to confront Pharaoh, right? When it comes to, how we deal with giants. First and foremost, it was a God thing. Okay. David and Goliath, first Samuel 17, Goliath. We know the story for those of the faith, uh, is the Philistine giant. The Philistines were after the people of God multiple times. I mean, 
they was that I think Philistines was their number one enemy. Um, they always was trying to come after them. And um, in this particular instance, David, a sheep herder, young sheep herder, he wasn't even king of God's people at the time, was actually King Saul. Um, and then there was also Prophet Samuel as well. But David ended up being the one that was chosen, um, per se, and and decided to go up against Goliath. And the point of this <clears throat> is that it's not so much how tall Goliath was because Goliath was, I don't know, more than seven feet tall. He had all the equipment on. He had brass on him, helmet. I'm talking about he was loaded. You couldn't penetrate him with a bullet, okay? And he was just so much more uh, in size than than little David. David was young. I, David was a teenager at the time. And so um, David was the only one. Um, because God gave David that heart and that tenacity, he prepared him for it. But nonetheless, at this point in time, it was up to David, amen, to, to walk that faith walk, right. To trust God. And he said, it. he said, he delivered me out of the paw, um, of the bear and, um, out of the mouth of the lion. So surely he will deliver me, uh, from this Philistine giant. Right. So his experience with God allowed him to face Goliath, right? He, he, all, he, he did his look back. Okay. He went to his trophy case like, Oh yeah, if God did that for me, he can do this for me. But the reason why I bring this up is because the story is very descriptive comparing Goliath and how he prepared for the fight and what David did to prepare for the fight. Because King Saul tried to give David all this body armor and stuff, his body armor and all that. And David's like, I can't, I can't wear this, you know? So David, he had his slingshot. That's all he had. And he was able to defeat this Goliath. But the point is, is that this was a giant. David had less physically from a world perspective. He had less, but he had more because he had God. I think I'm seeing the commonality in this is that God <laughs> is the battle axe here. Amen. And so, yes, he defeated Philistine, the giant, um, but he didn't did not have all the, what the giant had. He didn't have the size. He didn't have the equipment. He didn't have the notoriety. He didn't have any of that. Okay. Um, but God delivered him. Amen. God delivered him. David didn't deliver himself. God delivered him. Daniel and the lion's den, Daniel six twenty two. Um, it's really chapter six, but, um, King Darius at the time decreed, for people, his, for people of the land to pray only to him and no other God. And so Daniel, a child of God at the time was just like, um, what, <laughs> you know? So he obviously was not going to adhere to this decree. Uh, so ultimately Daniel was thrown in the lion's den. Now, the reason why I have this story, because it's not so much the lion's den that I'm talking about. It's the fact that Daniel, uh, Daniel was tested. He had to face King Darius. King Darius got wind of Daniel rejecting his decree. That's how he ended up in the lion's den. But again, King Darius, a ruler of the land in charge, has an army, has resources, has money, has everything going on for him. But Daniel, what did he have? God. <laughs> and you can't see God. 
You can see the money, you can see the, the chariots, you can see the, 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 the food, the parties, the people, you can see all of that, but you can't see God. So again, the commonality here, but Daniel rejected that. And a lot of times we in this, in life today will go alone to get along. You know, you ain't got no business doing that, but in, instead you do it anyway. But Daniel teaches us that, listen, I had a giant I had to face. Yes, this person is in charge. Yes, this person has set the law of the land, but my faith, my God, my, my obligation to God, my, my trust in God, my reverence to God, my honor to God, the almighty, uh, um, I, I can't, I can't, um, I can't be moved. I will remain steadfast. And so we do face that today, don't we? And so again, it's right there in the scriptures where we can find how other people of the faith handled various trials uh, and, and things. And he trusted God in that lion's den. Come on. That's what a, that's a lion's den. You throw people in there. Guess what? Lions, they eat, they hungry. You can't just go on a lion's den and be hanging out. Nobody would do that. Nobody would do that. And this lion's den had to be known for people being thrown in it and getting ate. Okay. So anytime somebody got thrown in there, them lions already knew like, oh, it's time for lunch. It's time for dinner. That's just how things were done back then. So to, to have been put in there because he's standing on the promises of God he was delivered from that. He was delivered from that. And so it's a lot to be said. Like, yes, I'm facing this King. I could have bowed out. Like, you know what? Fine. Let me just pray to this, this, cause I don't, you know, so it, this, this, this is where it gets in the thick of it. What would you have done? Hey man, what would you do today? If someone tested your faith in that way and said, you know what? You can't serve the almighty God here you got to serve me. Amen. And if, and if you serve me, I'll give you a lot of money. I'll give you a place to stay. I'll give you resources. You'll have more friends, a bigger social network. Why don't you just serve me and not, not, not the almighty true and living God? No, thank you. Okay. Saul known at formerly known, excuse me, Saul, which was converted to Paul eventually in Acts seven. The reason why I'm bringing this up and I'm going to skedaddle here is because Saul was murdering Christians. This is an Acts seven. He was murdering Christians. Okay. He was an enemy of the Christians. He, they were out preaching the gospel and doing what God had called them to do, doing what Jesus had commanded them to do. And they're out laying on of the hands and healing the sick. They're, they're spreading the gospel all over. And Saul's job is to find them and kill them or imprison them. Right. And I say this because that's a giant Paul, Saul, excuse me, at the time, he had authority of the land to do this. He had authority of the government to do this. <laughs> right? I mean, it's just like a police officer coming around and saying, you know what, this is what you have to do. Right? And it's just like, okay, you know, it just, it's a law. It's like, it's something legitimately of the land and it's, We've asked you not to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and you're doing it. Now we're going to kill you 
or put you in prison. You know how many Christians may have thrown in the towel? Like, you know what? I can't do this. I just, I won't preach no more. You know how many Christians said, you know, I'm going, I'm going to preach anyhow, but this is a giant. This is a giant. This is, this is a situation where you are powerless, right? You are powerless in your human capacity. I need God to do something here. And what did God do? Woo. You got to read it. He struck Saul down on the road to Damascus. And Saul was converted after that. Wow. Talk about God making a move on a giant. Saul went from being on the team of the opposition to being on team God. And he was named Paul, which wrote half of the new Testament and preached the gospel to the Gentiles. I mean, he spread that gospel like no other. Paul has one of the most amazing conversion stories I've ever read in my life outside of my own. But a reason why I bring this up is because it's really a focus on how Saul was antagonizing the Christians. And he had every right to in terms of the land. And he just kept doing it. He stoned, he held the cloak of Stephen, one of the disciples that was stoned. And God intervened. God intervened. See, he was on his road to Damascus. He was on his way to the church to serve them papers. And they may have known he was coming. They may not have known he was coming, but they, I'm sure they knew who he was. And I'm sure they sent prayers up, but God struck him down. Now, the last one I'm going to go over is Jesus, the Christ. In Matthew 12, 14, just one scripture, there's a few others, where it talks about how the Pharisees and Sadducees sought to destroy Jesus. So here he is walking the earth about God's business, preaching the gospel of peace, P-E-A-C-E. And because of what he was able to do and because of what he said, when he referred himself as king of the Jews, you know, how he resurrected the dead, healing the sick, preaching the sermon on the Mount, the parables, it's all loaded with things. They hated him. They hated him. They despised him. The Pharisees and Sadducees were a giant in the land to Jesus the Christ. Now someone said, well, how do they be a giant? Well, he was, a, he was, he was in a form of flesh though. He was his, he was in a human body, which is limited. And not only that, right. It was prophesied, right. These things had to happen in order for him to be crucified. But nonetheless, while he was here, right. The three years that he was preaching the gospel and preparing the disciples, he still had to deal with these Pharisees and Sadducees. And we can look to see how Jesus handled the giants. There were so many times where they tried to get him and God moved him out of the way. You have to really 
study it from that place of these Pharisees and Sadducees are the enemy of Jesus. How is it that he escaped their hands so many times? They couldn't get to him because of God. And what he God did for Jesus and Moses and David and Daniel and the Christians who Saul was after, he will do for us. And that's the whole point of this. These are just a few stories about real life giants, situations or circumstances that earthly resources were unable to resolve. And God, the father, the almighty stepped in and intervened. Amen. We were unable to solve for within our own limited human capacity. Now, how to conquer your giants. And I'm out of here. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added unto you. That's in Matthew 6, 33. In seeking God, we continue to practice our spiritual disciplines, right? We pray. That's our communication to God. We not only talk to him, but we listen. We want the wisdom. We want the knowledge and revelation from God. That is necessary. He will tell us when the enemy may be coming around the corner a giant, he may give us revelation about a giant that we're facing. Amen. So we want that time with God. We want to read and meditate on the word. It is so important. I just went over scriptures of people faced with the impossible and what God did. And he is doing it today. He is doing it today. Uh, reading and meditating on the word, spending that alone time with God, get in that closet Get in that closet. Why we want our minds to be clear. We want to be sober minded, right? We want pure hearts, a clean, clean hands. We want to be able to receive all that God has for us. Amen. And we need to make sure we practice our spiritual disciplines. Um, Holy Spirit in Luke 10, 19, one of my favorite scriptures. I have been given the power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the enemy. This is the Holy Spirit that we have been given. It's inside of us. Anybody coming against you or I is coming against Christ. That is the bottom line. We are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Paul said it. It's not I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. I'm not of my own. And so once I accepted Christ, I have that Holy Spirit, the comforter, and I also have power from on high. Amen. Do we believe that though? We have to believe that. Amen. We got to believe what the word says about our salvation and what we have chosen. Amen. So favorite one is be still and know that I am God. That's Psalm 46 and 10. Amen. And the, the scripture or the, the verse before that talks about he makes war cease to the ends of the earth. Amen. So um, God can do the impossible. There is nothing impossible unto him. It doesn't matter who we're facing, how much money they have, how much influence, how much of a social circle they have, who they know, don't know their career. None of the worldly things matter because when it comes to God, <laughs> he will put your enemies to shame, but he wants you to seek him and his righteousness right? He wants your mind stayed on him. We get caught up in the enemy and the giants that we're facing and what they're using for war 
we will not, we will not, we will not have the victory. Amen. We got to know that God is the only thing that I need. Amen. To get through this situation. Now, Ephesians 6, 10 and 18, and I'm done. I won't go through all of this only because I don't want to hold you very long, but it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you can stand, take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggles is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Put on the full armor of God so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place, your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. This is what we face. <laughs> this is every day. We have to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. I say that again, be strong in the Lord, in the Lord, not, not outside of him, but in the Lord and in his mighty power. I'm not of my own. Amen. I'm not trying to go by what I have. I'm talking about the power of God, his power. And we have that armor. We don't struggle against flesh and blood, but against rulers and authorities and powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. This is for the rest of our earthly existence. And the good thing is, no matter how long you are here, if you are a child of God, you have the victory. In closing, and we know that all things work, excuse me, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Amen. Romans eight twenty eight, one of my favorites. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So those giants you're facing, he has plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Amen. He's going to give you hope in the future. Jeremiah 29, 11. We want to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Philippians 3, 14. We want to press toward the mark. We want to go from glory to glory. Amen. We don't, don't we want to graduate? Amen. So I hope this encourages and inspires you. Whatever giant you're facing. Amen. Know that you have the victory in Jesus name. Trust God. Trust God, believe in his word. And um, I can't wait to hear testimonies um, of God's deliverance. If it had not been for the Lord on my side, when I faced my many giants, I would not be here today. I would not be here today. I would not be on this podcast right now. I've been faced with giants. I've been faced with giants of people who've had a lot of resources, a lot of money, amen, that took advantage of me because I had much less, amen. I've, I've, I've faced giants who thought, hey, I, I don't, you can't go nowhere. You can't become anything. I'm going to make sure whatever I can, I'm going to just take you off track, distract you, throw you away, amen. I faced many giants in my life, giants who did not want to see me succeed, 
Giants who did not want me to have certain things. Giants who just didn't like me. They didn't want to open no doors. I've had giants who have hated. And and there were things that I could not do in my own capacity. I had come to the end of myself, and it took God to intervene, and he did every time. I choose God. John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. If you, for those who don't believe, confess with your mouth that Jesus and uh, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you shall be saved as well. All right. Salvation prayer. Acknowledge in your heart that Jesus is Lord. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe that Jesus died for your sins and was raised three days later and repent of your sins and get baptized in the name of Jesus. So I thank you for joining me. And if it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? This is your host, Miss Olivia Wright, signing out. It has been a pleasure. Until next time, be blessed.